Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Cantina MX Football Podcast. We are live on YouTube tonight. I'm your host, Jaime Landeros. Joining me is Joel. We're going to be covering the Gold Cup debut for the Mexican national team. Some controversial stuff that happened in that match. Also, including a Chucky Lozano injury. We had a couple of friendlies over the week. America Atlas in San Jose. Chivas Rayados as well. Uh, also, the Euro final. Some racism there. And some other stuff that might be happening as a disciplinary issue because of the fans in Dallas. So, this and much, much more. Before I go any further, though, let's welcome Joel. Joel, how are we doing? Hey, Jaime. Yeah, so much football. We also saw Messi finally lift a trophy with Argentina. Oh, that's right. An actual trophy because, I mean, I think he won the Olympics. Well, that's a medal. He needed to lift a cup. And uh, that was one. I don't think this FIFA hand out a second place because <laughs> it just gives a medal. Because that, that technically would be a cup too, you know. Summer Second Olympics place, uh, 2008 Cup. and the under 20 uh, in 2005. Yeah, yeah, he was with Aguero, I believe, in both. Yeah, now, you know, that gap is closing between the Ronaldo and Messi debates. You know, I, I pay my respects. Uh, you know, he finally got one. It was quite painful for him to see, you know, him lose a World Cup and then back-to-back Copa Americas, you know, having that monkey on your back, having the everybody criticize you and, uh, you know, not, be, not being able to yeah. to succeed to for, your, for your country. And well, he finally got it. Yeah, and, and I, it's not like <clears throat> they did bad. Um, the, those expectations are just very high, you know, too high. And, and, and then... There's the obvious comparison to how Barcelona was doing and, and all the trophies they were winning. But to have his team in in all those finals that we mentioned, most fans of teams are never, you know, if they're lucky, they'll see one big final like that. And he, he took him to many. So, I mean, but to take him to all those and then still be seen as like failure, it's pretty, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where we get this sense of entitlement. What he's accomplished in his career is, you know, incredible. Um, I just think it's like so crazy that we happen to have two of the best players of all time, like play against each other and being able to measure that on a, on a yearly basis. And, uh, you know, I think, What Messi did, uh, you know, he actually was the catalyst for Argentina. Whereas, you know, Ronaldo, you know, people don't like to talk about it, but he did get injured in that Euro final and he had a, you know, he had a bounce out early. So, you know, I don't know how much of a impact he had in that final. I know throughout the whole tournament, he, he did put the team on his back, but yeah, in well, the final, taking him there. Yeah. 
Like I, I would count it because you you know you have to take the team. You still have to take the team to the big right big game in and yeah, and that's that's even that you know to to be in a in a in a final like that. It's 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 not many teams that get to do that that often. And uh, how about Bars? Uh, sorry, Brazil. What is it about the Maracanã and just <laughs> the Maracanã? Just uh, not being able to get the job done. You know, they host the World Cup in 2014. 19- couldn't get the world. Couldn't get the job done. Well, and... the, the first Maracanã, so 20. Right. 1950. 1950. The Maracanã. Against Uruguay. Yeah. Against Uruguay, and. Uh... But the the Germany match wasn't there, was it? I don't think it was. The seven one. Yeah. Yeah, that was in Brazil, dude. No, no, but not in that stadium. Oh no, no, no! I don't, I, I don't know where it was actually. Yeah, just just knock it down, build build a new one. Build <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll call it the Pele Stadium or whatever, <clears throat> whatever you want to call it. Um. It was at yeah. the Mineral Estadio yeah, Mineral, and, and and the funny thing was, uh, so Argentina was supposed to host it. That's right. And they weren't they weren't able to. Brazil picks it up, and uh, they did it last minute, and they get to the final and they lose it to the the host lose it to the would be host. Yeah. We also had uh, some Euro action. Everybody said football was coming home, but I think they messed up and actually meant ho- football's coming to Rome. Uh, it was quite a match there in England at the Wembley. England struck first within the first two minutes with uh, <clears throat> Luke Shaw, man. It was one of the perfect starts to a, a Euro final. In fact, I think it was the fastest goal recorded in a, in a Euro final. And it really just felt like, here we go. It's finally coming home. Football's coming home. Uh, but I, I had predicted this. I had told all my friends, <clears throat> Italy's going to drag this out, man. They're going to they're gonna play defensively. They're going to make it very tough. And uh, they're going to tie the game and then probably take it overtime, maybe win in PKs. And, and that's exactly what happened. They tied it up around the 70th minute, dragged the game on to penalties. And England missed three in a row. Rashford, Sancho, and Sacco, and uh, Sancho, man, Sancho and Sacco, damn, sounds like an albur. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, there was a lot of hooliganism in that match. Uh, you mentioned some what happened over there, like some racism. Well, they can social media. Those players, three of them, were all. Um, black players and so just they've been getting a lot of comments interesting and their social media a lot of hate a lot of racist stuff flying their way i'm not i'm not justifying it but you know everyone was going to be attacked that's just the easiest way to attack the player it's unfortunate but as a mexi fan I'm seeing, I'm seeing something good out of this. <laughs> You're trying to find the silver lining in, in all this. Well, well, me, because I, I think <clears throat> Mexico's become a bit of a scapegoat. 
where there's worse than the whole puto chant. There's way worse than this. This is actually way worse. And and there seems to be a blind eye. And and even even from gotta call out the other Liga MX English, you know, that we see on Twitter, a lot of these people that they don't they won't really criticize the other stuff. They're just more on the oh stop saying it. But um, we have to see it as a whole as well. And and so I'm one. I don't think FIFA would do anything because this is UEFA event. Uh huh. But if this if this abuse if this stuff continues from the English fans or those players, probably like in a friendly or or some FIFA event, mm. then I you know we have to see what they're gonna do about it. You know, because they can't just be on Mexico because. Just what happened in Mexico recently against Trinidad, which we'll talk about it. But but going on what happened, their next match could be could be at a closed uh, behind closed doors. Yeah. Although, and then oh, I gotta clarify as well. And and this this sanction, I don't think will be from FIFA because Gold Cup is Concacaf mm-hmm. event. <laughs> Right. Could be from Concacaf though, but Concacaf being being here in the U.S. So yeah, and and then we'll we'll get to it because what Trinidad started doing uh, seems I don't know I don't know we'll talk about it. Yeah, um, Mexico had their debut in the Gold Cup. It was a scoreless match between them and Trinidad Tobago. At the Cowboys Stadium, that cursed Cowboys Stadium. Uh, somebody always gets injured there every time Mexico is in town. And unfortunately, this time, our best player, Chucky Lozano, fell victim to a very tragic injury. He got shoved into the knee of the goalkeeper. He got his eye all busted up, his neck all messed up. He's in a neck brace now. He's officially ruled out for the rest of the tournament. Uh, six weeks. And, uh, you know... He did post a video after, like a couple of days after, just you know saying that he's okay. But man, he looked like shit. You know, his wife's like holding him straight up. You know, he can't even hold his posture. He's got a neck brace. His eyes all swollen. It looked like he just got hit by a train. And uh, yeah, you know, the referee did a terrible job. He let the play go on. That was an, that should have been an immediate stoppage. You know, I mean, we already saw what happened to uh, you know Raúl Jiménez or. Christian Eriksen, you know, referees will stop the game immediately and tend to the player because he was motionless. Uh, Funes Mori was like, you know, raising his hands, trying to get the the medics on the field. So it was just very bad refereeing in that match. And, uh, you know, the tackles continued to happen. Uh, I turned it off at halftime. I just couldn't, it was unbearable to watch. Uh, I hate teams that play like that, you know, anti-football, park the bus and dirty. And apparently after the match, um, uh, Trinidad Tobago came out with a statement saying that uh, racism has no place in the game or society, and uh, we must do more to regulate this. So they're uh, they're accusing Mexico of being racist. There was a puto chant. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what, what you have to say about that, Joel. Yeah, why don't... I didn't hear unless they're talking about <clears throat> social media. I don't know if fans. You could see fans angry at what happened to to Chucky, 
and and making some negative comments. I could see that happening in social media though, and that's that's where I would have the problem because I think a lot of this stuff is being used. It's not new. It's it's been around forever. You you could see, and again, not justifying it, but all of a sudden act like like it's it's being you know making it making it sound like this is new or or like if it's it's um making it worse than it really is that's that's the part i i dislike but you know we we could see from from past games and different you know different teams different players where they would get death threats and and just how much they would be attacked fans and media um of course because there wasn't because you know we didn't we didn't have yeah sorry i dropped my mic because we don't have like the you know like we do now where you can just screenshot stuff or or copy you know you know we don't have that but you just really quick but back back then it was what was more popular was like soccer forums and if you visit any soccer forums, like 90s, early 2000s, uh-huh. man, those those places were bio, man. They were like an Xbox game chat room, man. It was just, <laughs> it was horrific, dude. And and but that's the whole thing now, where people started, you know, like somewhere down the line, people effed up, started putting their real info, and then other people figure out, okay, you said this. And then they'll link you to wherever you work. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so yeah, that, that stuff where people saw that it was like, okay. Because before it was like more anonymous. Someone pissed you off and then there was really nothing you could do about it. You'd just be pissed off and that was that. And it's funny, the levels of, you know, it's like road rage, the level of pissed off some people can get and, and like, I think now it became easier to to dox people where now you would piss someone off and they would they would you know make it their life mission to make your life hell and that's that's part of what we're seeing but at the same time it's like other people taking advantage of of things like that so i do think trinidad's being i don't know what they're trying to do with that man you know just bringing more attention to something that Making something small even bigger than it is. Here's the thing, man. It's like this is my my problem with all this is uh, they go on Twitter because everybody goes on Twitter and they make all these accusations and then they say, and if you want to know more, click on this, you know. And their website <laughs> on their on their freaking bio is broken, so. <clears throat> I don't even know if they they even own the domain to their own federation or whatever. And then they say, see our IG and Facebook page for the full statement. I try to go on on their Instagram. It has been updated since 2015. And I'm like, yo, man, like, you can't just, like, say something and then, you know, but wait, there's more. And then, you know, you go down this, like, brick wall. Like, I don't know, man. I wish they could have just said what exactly they heard and all that. Because you can't be, yeah. you can't just be doing that and then walking away from it and then letting the internet people just say, yeah, you know what? Yeah. 
Go ahead. You can they can be in that high horse though and act like they're fans, you know, like pretend like they're. If you were to search stuff from their fans, I bet you would find. But I mean, why why do you want it to go to get to that point where we start policing what everyone says? You know, it's it's just ah, uh, it's, it's just this the fun's getting ruined, man. <laughs> so. A lot of uh, rumors are starting to pick up now. And uh, they say that they are potentially going to uh, force the match to be played behind closed doors. Which would be a huge blow uh, to the Gold Cup. To uh, the city of Arlington. And uh, and for the fans, you know. They're not going to be able to go see their team. So, I mean, this chant, if, you know, Mexico continues to violate it, you know, they're going to continue to escalate things, you know, closed doors, fines. But, you know, unfortunately, man, I mean, we could be potentially missing out on a World Cup. They might make an example yeah. out of us. Yeah, there's that possibility, and, and I don't really care. I don't. I don't care, man. I, it doesn't really like, like scare me. I, I could care less. Um, but but I know like Jaime, you're planning to make the Qatar trip, so I could see why you would want Mex to be there. Those are great experiences. If you do get to go to a World Cup, I mean, you've been a World Cup, become, right? Yeah, but I'm gonna tell you, man. They're they're organized to suck you dry, man. They'll make it to the point of like, like they're designed to to get the most money out of the fans. So so like, you could just study the map, so whatever country, and then you see where they put, you know. So Mex plays here. Mex will play in one city, uh-huh. and then their next game is like you have to take like a four-hour flight. Or it'll be so far off. You have to eventually, right? Get get a flight, either a flight, a train, not just that, but also pay hotel lodging as well. Of course. It's so you're, and then of course every place, if you were to rent and it's you renting on match day, it's you know prices go up three hundred percent. Yeah. If it was one hundred fifty a day, the room now it's like four hundred. And, and and we're talking about it like just a regular, you know. You went to so uh, it, what Germany? Germany, Germany, and one of the reasons because Germany is not that big of a country. You you could, you you know, you could get by on train, and so it was tough. But you could still. I saw a lot of people that were like backpack it. Uh-huh. You know, they'll go see a match, and then they would stay in that in that city. And the day before, you know, that you could travel to the next city and get there just before kickoff. So you didn't have to, you know, you didn't have to be. And like what South Africa was different, you you couldn't just travel. It's The country's big. So you had to like take like a four hour, five hour flight. And I was like, nope, I'm not. I just... I'm not planning on, on 
doing all those in flights just just to see three games. Yeah. So yeah, I, so I don't know how big Qatar is. It's pretty it's small. I mean, if you think Germany's so, small. <laughs> okay, smaller. So that would probably be a, that would make it a good World Cup to go to. The U.S. is going to be tough, man. <laughs> Uh, population of Qatar is uh, 2.83 million. So, yeah, it's a tiny country. Yeah, imagine when it comes to U.S., Mex, Canada. Oh, it's a nightmare. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's you better save some shekels, man. <laughs> be prepared to, if you're going to follow a team, maybe hit all three countries. I know the way it's going to work is, like, obviously Mexico will have all their matches in Mexico. Uh, unfortunately... Who I knows, think, man? Who knows? Uh, well, it, you know, if things stay the course, but the whole Look, they're they're host, so Azteca Stadium. You know, they're bound to play at least their opener there, yeah. and then they could just bounce him out to some, you know. No, I think Miami they said that Mexico will play all their they matches there, and then uh, all the way up until I want to say quarterfinals, and then I think like semis and the final will be. In the in the states, all right. Well. Yeah, and then it's going to be Azteca, Monterrey, and Chivas, the three stadiums. Jalisco, all right. The Cron. The Akron. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as the match, it was it was pretty frustrating to watch, and. Uh, you know, I'm starting to realize, like, man, why did we take our A team to this? We're just risking ourselves. You know, players are getting injured, and nobody took their their A sides. Like, we should we shouldn't have done that. You know, we should have let these guys have their vacation, their preseason with their clubs, let them be ready and healthy for the World Cup qualifiers because that's when it really matters. Well, you know, that's what Charlie wants. You know, he missed out on 2020. Probably wants to see what, you know, wants to get as, as much PT with the, with the first team as he can get, you know, as much time and, and get the players as much playing time yeah. together. That that could be it. But, I, I, you know, I still think fans always have these big expectations. But, you know, we could look at past Gold Cups and... and you always get Mexico playing like games like they did against Trinidad, and and it's one thing I find funny was um, you know, for a while after La Volpe left, there was all this like people wanting him back, and it's like, did you guys forget the the Gold Cup he had, the one outside of, even the one in Mex, because I went to that one. Oh, you did. I think that one was, yeah, it was what, three? Was it three? It was two thousand three. Three, yeah, there you go. That had some really bad games, man. I saw the game at Azteca versus Honduras. I believe it was zero zero with Honduras hitting the hitting the post pretty late in the game. Uh, my memory serves right, but they did hit the post, and there were some pretty horrible games. And they won that one, but but the one that followed, where they they get eliminated. I think they got eliminated in group stage. I don't know that. They look bad. They just looked horrible. And so you've seen it with pretty much many of the coaches where 
I don't know. Some Gold Cups just, you know, Team C Max. Pretty they, bad. They can, they're going to go balls out. So I don't know why they're surprised. <laughs> I see all the people angry. And it's like, you, I, I guess because they always compare it to the to the last good one. And they think it's always going to be like that. But it's very difficult to maintain, you know, to, to, to stay at this. If, if you reach this high level and, and to keep it. Like like when Germany wins the World Cup in 2014, and and you hear a lot of the pundits saying how they were gonna be you know a powerhouse and they were gonna they were gonna just for the next 10 years or so be very dominant, and then they they get bounced out of the group stage in 2018, you know, and they just haven't been nowhere near as good as as people thought they would be, and and that's. That that's kind of normal, you know. Not, nothing bad doesn't mean nothing bad. It's just people's expectations. You know, you want to hear some trivia about that 20, uh, 2003 Gold Cup? Yes, hit me. Osvaldo had a clean sheet the entire tournament. Snap! See, I didn't, I didn't even realize that. That's so hard to do. Mexico was in the same group as Brazil. We beat them 1-0 with the Borg scoring. And then uh, Brazil beat Honduras 2-1. And then we tied Honduras 0-0. We go off to the knockout stage against Jamaica. Score a 5 on them. 5-0. Then we play against Costa Rica. 2-0. And then we beat Brazil in overtime. 1-0. Danny Boy. Daniel Osorno scored that goal. I remember, I was in Mexico when when they uh, when they won that. I was it was a very memorable moment. I was in the stadium. That's Where crazy. were you at, Jaime? I was in uh, Jalisco. I was at my grandma's house oh. watching it, and uh, yeah, that goal, man. Because I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, was that golden goal at the time? I could be wrong. No, I don't. Oh man, O three, we're going so far back. I, yeah. I think it was Golden Goal, man. Going like almost, the, what, 18 years? Uh, the, it was Golden Goal. Oh, that's crazy. Because <laughs> the little... 18 the, years, man. The little goal, Damn. the little soccer ball is gold. So it says Golden Goal on Wikipedia. That's crazy. Yeah, <clears throat> that, that Brazilian team was a young team. And they had... Diego and Robinho, and uh, they were both from Santos, and they had Kaká. No, but those were the three young, the three young, you know, that were going to be the next best thing. And Kaká was the one that became the, oh wow, you know, the best one out of the group. But yeah, um, Diego Robinho had been really good with Santos. And Diego sort of fell off. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't... Robinho did end up going to... To... Uh, Madrid. To Madrid. And then he sort of disappeared, I think. He went to City, so, and then, yeah, then he went on this crazy travel. But that <laughs> look at that Brazilian squad. Diego Mota, Carlos Alberto. Uh, like you mentioned, Robinho, Diego, Kaká, Julio Baptista, well, Maicon... Alex, man, his team was stacked, bro. Yeah, but that was—they were very young. Yeah. They when they played, 
A majority of those were, were very young, like under 23. Under 23. Yeah. And one thing that helped them X was they had them in Miami, and then they flew them. They had to fly into Mex. What? For the final, Brazil. They played, oh. They had played their game. You know, it, it's <laughs> that. I'm not saying it's cheating or anything, but we have to remember the altitude. Right. And it does have effects, man. You're playing at, you know, Miami, I'm guessing at sea level. But then you go <laughs> to altitude, <laughs> you're gasping for air. Um, I'm not saying Mexico wouldn't have been able to beat thousand, them, I guess, if they want. Yeah, 7,000 feet above wanted, sea level. Yeah, wanted more altitude, take them to Toluca. It's even higher. But I, I don't, you know, it, it, it has some effect. I'm not saying it doesn't, you know. But that's that's part of the having the home field advantage. That's that's those are some of the things. Yeah, that was a fun final. I, I, all right, this is gonna be a controversial opinion, but fuck it. I think we should bring back the gold, the gold, uh, the golden goal, man. I know it's like. I mean, I I think it would be fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked it. I like Col de Oro. It, you know, cool name. I, yeah, I like, I like, me likes. Um. Damn. Yeah, I don't know why they went to. To the other game, Mex would have lost that. That cup with the U.S. and the Gol de Oro, but you rarely get games like that, you know. Where you know how. In the Mex, what was it, the League's Cup final? Which one, the the Nations League? The Mex US, yeah, the Mex US with two goals in OT. Yeah. Yeah, you don't really get that many gold, gold de oro. Except, I guess you know sometimes what what happens is the teams can be like. If it's gold de oro, just become more defensive. Just lock it in and take it to penalties. Because, I mean, that if... that already happens a lot now. You know, these games go to extra time, 15 minutes, right? And we saw what happened in the Euro where, like, Italy and England were just gassed and they were all just trying to go to PKs. So, you know what? Fuck that, man. Score a goal and the game's over. Like, that is the most dramatic way to win a final. Like, think about that. That is insane. That is like the golden gun on 007, GoldenEye. It's like you shot once and you're dead. Game over, man. Like that is the ultimate. It's like a, a walk-off in baseball where the guy hits a home run to win the game and then everybody fucking loses their marbles. Like that would bring the excitement back to football because I'm not a big fan of these games getting dragged. And especially now that they got rid of the away goal in like Champions League and all this stuff, it's like, just make it. It's like, it's just like the Cascaritas on Sunday. El próximo gol gana, you know? And then everybody's like, oh, shit, okay, okay, we got to try now. You know, it's just like it brings that level back into the game, that intensity, because these dudes were just, you know, passing the ball around for 30 minutes and dragging it into penalties. At least give them a little bit of fear. And, uh, you know, you slip up, you lose. I remember when Pachuca 
won against Cruz Azul in the final, it was a golden goal. And it was the most painful probably defeat for Cruz Azul because they were favored to win that final. But I turn on, I like, I, I remember like the game went over time and the game ended like so quickly. And I was just like, damn, like that. It's like, yep, like that. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see, Jaime. We'll see. You never know. Don't, don't discount <laughs> it. Golden goal might come back someday. So, uh, during the week, America and Atlas came to town here in the Bay Area, San Jose. Uh, I was there. I got there a little bit early. And uh, it's quite unfortunate what unfolded. There was majorly America fans. And I had already been inside the stadium when this happened, but there was an incident. Uh, fans fighting each other. There was like a, there was like a van that was getting like stomped out in the parking lot. They were throwing rocks in there, breaking the windows, and the the, the van was trying to speed away. And you get to the stadium, the game goes on, and there was a couple fights in the stands, in the bathroom stalls. It was just a very like not a family function, you know. Like you, with these type of games, especially in San Jose, like that stadium's very small, intimate. You know, you want to bring out the family, the kids, and you know, being able to see a team that you normally don't see out here. But it's just unfortunate that you know these kind of fans are just ruining the game for everybody. Um, as far as the action, it was a pretty uneventful night. Uh, America ended up winning one zero. Nico Castillo was uh, finally got some minutes. I know he's been like injured and. Uh, Atlas had a very young team, a lot of a lot of youth players in the starting lineup, a lot of players with like three digit numbers. <laughs> you know, so uh same thing with the Medica too. Yeah, those those are the it became a thing in Mex. I don't even know how, but all the teams sort of started doing it. I don't know if this came from the Federacion because it used to be common that, you know, the lower teams they would just repeat the same, you know, one through one through like 30 or whatever, you know, depending yeah. on how big the squad was. And then it became a thing in Max to just, instead, the first team had the, you know, the first pick of the numbers, and then like the second team had the numbers that continued. So it'll be like 30 to 60, and then, man, you started seeing these like, you know, NFL numbers. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like you said, a lot of three-digit numbers, and, and I don't know, I... Uh, man, I'm a bit of a traditionalist here. I, I don't like it. Yeah, what like what having, is the the point of that? I don't know, man. I like seeing the ten. You know, it's become a symbolic number ten of one of your best players or your most creative ones. That's and, lost its and, weight. You know, if if you have that number, that's you know you know who to look for, and and you're seeing a team with. Now it's like, yeah, number. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it either. Um, Not sure why they they do that. The the three digits, it just looks silly. It's like number 192 stepping into the pitch. It's like, what? (laughs) It's like, yeah. Yeah. But overall, you know, don't, you know, don't take too much from these matches. They're friendlies. Everybody's on international duty. But it was nice to see 
uh, two Mexican teams in in town. Layun was there, and Nico Castillo, Roger Martinez. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was a sold out stadium over there in San Jose. There was also another friendly um, in San Antonio between Chivas and Rayados. Rayados ended up winning 1-0. And uh, I think I talked about this on the last pod, Joel. I'm, I'm really concerned about, you know, the beginning of the season for Chivas because, you know, we got players in the Olympics. We got players in the Gold Cup. So we're going to be toothless, you know, come kickoff which I believe is in 10 days from now. So Liga Mekis is just around the corner. <laughs> yeah, it's it's unfortunate. If, you know, not many players to choose from. Teams not wanting to sell. Um, but I mean, we did promise, you know, no, no Chiwa talk because we went, we went overtime on Chiwa talk last week. Yes. <laughs> just... Let's let's just let's just see how it plays out. Fair enough. So with the potential closed door match for the next Mexico game, do you do you think Mexico has the legs to to make it to the final and win this thing, or are we going? Oh s- yeah, the, the talent is there. I mean, you always have bad games, and with Trinidad. It's it's something we've always seen and we talked about here how Mex struggles against teams like, you know, African teams and Trinidad is is you know Caribbean but it's it's African players or similar similar type, you know, like like they're strong and fast and very physical and, and hard hitting and so that's that's always been a thing for for the Mex team. So, I, yeah, I didn't, you know, and and the other thing is we always have that, like as Mexico fans, we we tend to always see a lot of these teams as they suck, you know. So yeah. In our in our minds, it's always like you always expect them to suck, but TNT has, you know, they've qualified to the World Cup. They've had good players that that have gone to EPL or or played, you know, competitive. Uh, so a lot of times you're not keeping up with the team. That's still your 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 mindset that, that they suck. But and, and that's the thing with football now. We're, we're seeing how it's become a very physical game where it's evened out for, for many teams. Like, so we've seen teams like, like, like Iceland and uh, some of these smaller countries all of a sudden you know, they'll go on a good streak. So, yeah, I, I, I think we need, sometimes we, we take away credit from some of these teams, like same, same we could say with Jamaica, Honduras, you know, they're, they could, they could end up improving from, from when we last saw them and then have a team that is at least strong enough not to get punked, you know? Yeah, they'll start swinging. They'll start swinging back, but I mean, Mex playing Cuba, Cuba's gonna be like they could send Chivas with no strikers, and and they would beat Cuba, because 
Cuba is like they didn't have the squad to serve it. They have to, the um, team almost always. Cuba to just like uh, Curacao have pulled out. Oh, so <laughs> who are they playing now? Yeah, so uh, automatic three or what was going on there, man? Curacao had a bounce from the tournament because they had way too many positive cases of COVID. Guatemala took their place, and there was even talk about them. Just like, we don't want that spot, you know? Like, we're not going to be your yeah. sloppy seconds. So, well, they already lost. They so lost they lost the their, uh, they lost their, yeah, home opener to the El Salvador. So then, uh, yeah, Cuba has been replaced by uh, El Salvador. So we're going to play El Salvador. Oh, okay. We're playing Guatemala and then El Salvador. Ah, all right. Those are, those, that was the old school hardcore rivalry, man. That was the which one? The mixed rivalry, both of them teams. I think Guatemala was the very first match Mexico played national team. I believe it was Mex versus Guatemala. But throughout the years, I was just because the proximity. That was it was a big rivalry, uh, more so with with El Salvador. Like El Salvador, yeah. When Mex goes, man, it's, it's very hostile. Salvador, Honduras. It's cutthroat, man. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, those teams are going to come ham at Mex, man. That's that's their World Cup for them. They play, <laughs> play in Mex. Absolutely. It could be more headache. It could be more headache, Jaime. I was thinking, I was thinking Cuba would have the team deserted. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a tough go one. With... They're going to go after our ankles. They're going to play dirty. They are. They're going to play hard, man. I would um, I would love to see, you know, like, you know how, like, they have a TV show trading spouses? I would love us to trade confederations with, like, uh, England. Like, hey, guess what, lads? You know, you guys are now part of the, the Gold Cup. We'll do your Euro for you. And uh, good luck. Protect your shins at all times because uh, this region is, is brutal. <laughs> Because, like, you know, Europeans play so, like, organized and, you know what I mean? They're, like, super, like, high IQ football. And there's, like, this unspoken, like, gentleman's agreement. Like, fuck all that, bro. Throw all that. <laughs> like, any game plan you have, just throw it away, bro. You're in the jungle. You're in the freaking, like, this is, this is, uh, this yeah, is a no, different, that, that's a fake. different world. Humidity and whatnot. It's like, mate, these guys aren't playing to to play football. Like, nope, exactly. That's that's exactly. Welcome to Concacaf, man. These guys are anti-football. They are not looking to play organized, possessive. You know, they're just looking to bunker and uh, and break ankles. That's that's the goal. Yeah, it could be tough, man. But you know, the talents there. Talents there, some you know. Let's let's see what, let's see how this plays out. But I mean, obviously, Mex will continue to be favorites. They just need they just need a win. We have <laughs> some. We have a really uh, active chat tonight. Yeah. Read us some read us some comments. Ricardo says TNT are so trash yet we couldn't score on these bums. Uh, <laughs> But since they're bigger than us and we aren't as skilled as Brazil, <laughs> this is the end result. 
He also says that wow. I, w- I would prefer Mexico to leave CONCACAF and be fringe team in Comebol than to qualify against these CONCACAF teams. <laughs> they don't. They don't, they don't want, you know, a, a lot of the Conmebol teams don't want Mex there. Not as a World Cup, you know. Because we always think, you know, the top teams, but the smaller teams like the Bolivias, the Venezuelas, yeah. the Ecuadors, uh, even Paraguay, teams with, with, you know, their federations aren't as strong as Mex and whatnot. And, and then so... So for them, is is you know to to bring someone like Max would just make it even more difficult for them. And of course, it would be difficult for Mexico going up against you know the top you know the the top three or whatever top four are are during that Brazil, Argentina, and whatever to take the place, be it Colombia, Chile. But the bottom ones, they they don't want to. They don't want Max. Yeah, their 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 chances of qualifying for the World Cup just got that much smaller if you throw Mexico into the mix. <laughs> Mexico would automatically yeah. be a top three, top four team in Comebol. Sorry, oh, that's, no, that's a little bit of that's a little that's a that's a little bit of arrogance. That's a little bit of arrogance. But but come on, man, did you watch this Copa America? Did you did you watch this Copa America? It's like, bro, but Colombia ain't America's shit, dude. Never been the thing for, <laughs> you know, fancy. You're expecting all this tiki taka, whatever. We had Peru and Colombia in the semifinals. Okay, let that sink in, man. Peru, Peru has had a, a pretty good team, man. They've had Peru with recently, our with our sloppy seconds, Ormeño, who couldn't make it to our team, so he ends up playing for Peru. Come on, man. Come on, man. Mexico would be top three in Comebol. Meet me in the parking lot. Fight me. Anyone that disagrees with that. I mean, come on. You can't go from not being able to beat TNT to top three in Colombia. <laughs> well, they they don't play like that, man. They don't play like that in they, South America. They, yeah, they do, man. You need to see more Libertadores games. <laughs> hey, man. It's, it's That's where they learn. We, we talk about the Paraguayas of the world. The Come on, man. These teams aren't the same. Ecuador, we're we're above those two. I would say, all right, you know, Chile is not that team that they used to be. Uruguay isn't that team that they used to be either. So right now, it's like that third spot is up for grabs. But even if we didn't qualify to the World Cup, we would still be better as a nation just being in that region. Just being exposed to that competitiveness in South America would benefit us more than... Whatever we we are here in in Concacaf, if I if Aust- I know, if Australia if Australia was able to leave the Oceania to go to Asia, why can't we do the same? Well, because Oceania it's just tiny, you know. It's like all these tiny countries that don't even have, you know, they don't even have a football league. So that that was the main thing where it's like they they were beating teams like twenty zero, and so it was like. And then, and then it's like they didn't have a ticket, so they had to always do a repechaje against a South American team. That's so right. It's just very unfair, un- very unfair for you know a country like like Australia that that's been putting a lot of money into the sport, and you know, so it, that that's that's the difference. But 
the whole thing, like just being there and, and saying that automatically. But then you have that in Europe where you have a lot of countries that they're in UEFA. They, they're not, you know, better than Mex and or, or that much better than other countries. So just being there is not going to, you know, it's not going to automatically, you know, raise you're not going to unlock some achievement just because you made it there. Um, it's, it's, it'll be like no different than what we see with Colombia and Chile where some some World Cup cycles, they have a really good team and then others, they just suck. And, and that would happen to Mex. And, and I said this last podcast, I'll say it again. It, it, all those changes have to come from within the country. Like, like they need to improve the league. They need to improve uh, just a lot of things, like infrastructure-wise, like in the country, like put more fields where kids can play. Um, you know, like kind of how Germany did, where they they built schools and then to make it easier for people to to go and and get coaching license, and that affects from the youth because now you, you could go like you know the random dude, maybe you won't get to coach a professional team, but you already got like pro training, and if you're coaching like AYSO level or high school, all this, all those youth, they're better off already. They're learning from someone that that has a better understanding than some dude that just watched some YouTube videos or grabbed the of whatever four for two magazine or some old book to to get some uh, practice drills. So it's it's you know it's those things. I feel ultimately where they they have to change. Um, other than that, just thinking, oh, because we went here and now we're that. I, I don't, I don't see it. I may. I'm at the Coca-Cola FIFA rankings because we know how credible they are. <laughs> they have Brazil as number three, Argentina as number eight, Uruguay as number nine, Mexico is number eleven. So we are technically <clears throat> top four. In Comebol. <laughs> and then you got to go to 15 for Colombia. Chile's 19. So, I, I, you know, top four. I think we're top four. And the comments. I think they can. Well, yeah, they could be top four, but yeah. not automatic. That's my thing. You said automatic. <laughs> you said don't just slide in, you know. So, uh... Ricardo says Mexico would be a fifth or sixth on a bad Comebol qualifying cycle. And being the fourth team to qualify on a good cycle, we would never finish top three. Never say never, Ricardo. But Yeah, never never say never. Um, what said Mexico should be the Notre Dame of football, independent of conference, too big and money maker to be playing against the bums, but not good enough for UEFA. That's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Uh, Fem, uh, sorry, Firm says, I want to see Mexico versus Canada rematch. We were robbed from that last Gold Cup when Canada blew their 2-0 lead against IT. And uh, he said that game, Mexico-Canada game was intense. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're kind of waiting for Canada to, to wake up. You know, they have... Davies, who's a Champions League winner, but uh, Canada's still, far, uh, you know, still uh, light years away from B 
being a powerhouse in CONCACAF. Well, well, no, not like your teammates. Again, come on, man. You're not paying attention. They, they've been, I mean, they got like, what, two teams in MLS, and then they did their own, they did their own league. Uh, so they've been planting the seeds there, and then they are hosting the World Cup. So, I mean, they they got already, you know, they already got some. Have they ever made the World ground. Cup? No, huh? Yeah, they have. Yes, they have. When? I believe in the, was it 86? I think it was Mexico 86 or... 1986 group stage, position 24. I think they won a game. Oh, snap. I just knew they made it. I didn't know. Let's see. Uh, Canada, where are you? Huh. Canada is also the only team outside of outside of uh Max and US to win a gold cup. Oh. They, they held they held it down for the for the region and beat Colombia. That's right, they did. That so was I mean, in uh you know, 2001? Yeah, man, that's 20 years. But they I mean they they've shown they they can, they just need, you know, they they just have needed. Or was it? Uh... Well, they've lacked. They've lacked the league, so that that of course that's always gonna hurt them. Oh no! Canada lost all their matches. They lost to France, Hungary, and the Soviet Union in '86. I didn't even know they made the World Cup, man. That's crazy. Good for them. Yeah, and you know, winning. I mean, that that should be. For the Central American teams, man, they should they should be like, you know, Canada to come and win it, and and you had teams like Honduras and what even Salvador and what all of these Costa Rica too, man, with with their leagues, and and you haven't been able to win this tournament. Canada just came out of nowhere and and took that cup. Canada won the Summer Olympics in 1904. I did not know that. The soccer. 1904, man. How, but how many teams were there? Probably like five. <laughs> That's so random. Jersey. Well, and you know what? And I, I guarantee you, it was probably a bunch of like Scotsmen or like Irish, could maybe even English. Like they were all like probably immigrants. They were, went to Canada. Unless they were French Canadian, could have been a bunch of Franceses. But. I guarantee you, man. That's... They won the Gold Cup in 1985 and then the year 2000. Well, that was the other Gold Cup. So if you look at the Gold Cup, because they rebooted it in like 1990. That's when it just stayed mm. in the U.S. But before that, it would be hosted. Uh, you know, different countries got to host it. And that 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 you did see a bunch of teams win it. You know, you, you saw more more teams. And and I think it needs to return to that. And, and I think that uh, a lot of people will start giving a bit more credit to some of these countries when they actually win, start winning something. We won't say they suck so much. Uh, I got Firm saying some things. Uh, he said the year... That year, the U.S. didn't qualify. Canada didn't score at all in the World Cup. When the World Cup 
sadly switches from oil to lithium cobalt there will be lots of changes first world countries like the u.s and canada plus china or india may finally break through uh don't know about that one we need coca cola and coma to merge already um it'd be too complicated i think travel right now it's too yeah far. like you know you think about the bottom of like south america which is like you know chile or argentina and then having to travel all the way to canada is just like that's way too far you know yeah we need a couple more years when they faster airplanes and it's like two hours <clears throat> it'll be a two-hour charter flight i i would not be against the idea of you know how you have all the rounds right and then you get like the final hex now i think it's like eight teams in the final you know thing I'd be down for like, okay, like you take like the top, I don't know, four teams from CONCACAF and then you throw them into the Gomebol and then I don't know how many teams from South America qualify, but let's just say out of the Americas, like. I believe they qual- four qualify and then they have a fifth, which is like a requalified ticket. Like just eight teams qualify from the Americas. Just to keep it simple, you know. Yeah, they would probably take our tickets, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying we couldn't finish top eight? Our lunch. I oh, think. Oh, Max, I, I meant the region. Oh, the uh, region. So probably squeak in there, but yeah, they would. They would. You want the region to be strong, and you're not going to combo is not going to make it strong. <laughs> You need you need these teams to play internet as many international games as they can. <laughs> USA still brag about coming in third place in that World Cup in the Stone Age. I was watching the Brazil Italy final, nineteen seventy on YouTube. Some of those Brazil goals were garbage. Pele looking like a young trophies. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Hey, I'm not going to lie, dude. I watched like the Pele documentary on Netflix, you know, and I was looking at some of those games. I'm like, damn, dude, like, I don't think they were as like talented as, I don't know. Some of those. It was was semi-pro. It was was very semi-pro football and it wasn't as, as, you know, even physical, the players weren't as fit as they are now. It's just different. It's more more uh, what you could do with the ball than how, how you know how fast you could run, mm. how tall you are. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think compared because if yeah, if you compare it to now, is it is gonna look trash. Um, but it was still like you couldn't just walk in there and like if you were to time travel, <laughs> you weren't gonna, you know, just jump in there and steal bottles those out. I'm looking at the Gold Cup winners. Guatemala won one in nineteen sixty seven, Haiti in seventy three, Honduras in eighty one, and then we talked about Canada in nineteen eighty five, year two thousand. Costa Rica has three. Nineteen sixty three, nineteen sixty nine, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, see that's that was but I mean they a lot of those countries got to host. And and that makes a big difference. So, I mean, I think as fans, we've gotten quite uppity. Mexico's always playing as host. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we 
we have this mentality of they has to dominate or, or always win and we sort of forget these teams have bounced Mexico out of the out of eliminate you know out of out of out of World Cup qualifying you know took him out in 82 and then 74 uh, and then um the, the one game in Canada man almost needed Bozo to come in there and score so I mean and these teams aren't that weak. We just, we just, no respect, man. We, we, Max fans have have little respect for the region. Yep. Uh, there's a rumor about Santiago Munoz and uh, potentially going to Celta Vigo. Something about a bid for him, and uh, that would be obviously good news. He's only 18 years old. So for him to go to Europe at that at young age would be would be awesome. Santiago Munoz sounds like the kid from the gold movie. What was that guy's name? His name was uh Santiago. Muniz. Actually, I don't know, man. I think it was Muniz. It was Kuno Becker. Yeah. <laughs> he was playing in MacArthur Park. <laughs> I love that movie. That was a great movie. Yeah, the first one is nice. Then the, the other one's just... Yeah, they're kind of whack. So, uh, you know, it's been a somewhat of a slow transfer market for Mexican players. We talked about Macias going to Getafe. So, you know, if Santiago Munoz was to go, be good for him. I was kind of hoping that he would go to Chivas, but it doesn't seem like uh, they have any money. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the show. Not too much action going on. Mexico will, will be back at it on Wednesday against Guatemala in the Gold Cup. And then they'll finish off against El Salvador. As far as the the group as of right now, because El Salvador won, they're in first place with three points, Mexico in second with one, as well as Trinidad and Tobago with one. Guatemala doesn't have any. Uh, Canada and USA won their first two matches, as did Costa Rica and Jamaica. So that is uh, it's so it's so hard to go from like Copa America, Euro, and then now it's like Gold Cup. It's like <laughs> Damn, man. Like, the level of play just went, <laughs> went back. It just kept dropping. It's like, shit, man. <laughs> it's like, one is not like the other, you know? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, go go Cup to me is lost is lost there. I just, I just see it more as a... Why is it practice. necessary to have it every two years, man? This is already torture. It's money. It was just money for these for these teams, because again, they don't. A lot of these teams don't get to play as often. Oh yeah. The, the problem is that the, the federations they they steal the money. You know, like and we 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 saw how with El Salvador they were going to get booted from FIFA because just how corrupt the the um the FA was. You know, we were talking about they wouldn't. They wouldn't get them the powdered Gatorade, you know, for <laughs> for their halftime refreshment. 
so yeah, stuff like that, man. And and that's that's what would happen where FIFA they had a program years years back it was like the gold program or something, and they would give money to like Caribbean countries, some of these small, like developing countries, to try to help them, and and then money never would make it to the, you know. It wouldn't make it. It was like to help them build fields and all that. And the people in charge of the federations would just pocket it. And and if, you know, like reading, reading, because like some people got wise, you know, they, they got pretty smart. And it's like, um, they're like, there's money in this. And and how do you get the money? Because the, because of the voting. Mm. So, so like the voting would come as... um. Uh, you would vote for like a federation president or then vote for other stuff for FIFA. But so for example, like CONCACAF would vote on something. I'm still here. Yeah. Okay. I thought I cut out. So, and, and so like Turks and Caicos vote will be just as strong as Mexico. Huh. And so then that's, that's how you ended up having like Jack Warner being FIFA president. You know, they started buying out. They would, they would like pay off some dude in a small Caribbean island, like like Turks and Caicos, get someone and be like, all right, set up the FA. You don't really need, you don't really need to have a building. Just you could just get an address. You know, that's your office. You know, and uh, this is the FA, and and then you could just get a bunch of kids that are playing and set them up, and and that's that. You know, once it's made official, they really can't can't begrudge you stuff. And if anyone's seen some games, we've seen like preliminary qualifiers, like before Hex, how Mex would go play in some countries that didn't even have a stadium. It was just like a field. It looked like a like a practice field. Huh. Interesting. So then that's 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 where money started coming in because they'll be like, all right, we're gonna. You know, when you see the whole FIFA gate and all that. And so people were getting money to vote. Okay, we're going to vote this, this guy in or we're going to vote for this. And so you had all these small countries where all these dudes were pocketing like massive amounts of money. And and not only that, because you're you're now like a FIFA member. Uh-huh. You could buy rights to the World Cup or or even tickets. And there's a lot of money in tickets. And so that's like one of the things that like Warner would do, like he'll he'll get like the TV rights and then he could like sell them and and he didn't even have to sell them, like he could just make it free, but then he could sell it to a cable company and then just get money. He he's he will get tickets, you know, the allocation of tickets because each country and if you went, you know, if your country especially if your country qualified, you'll get more tickets. And then he would just, he had like someone in his family uh, set up a travel agency. So if you wanted to go to the World Cup, you, that was the only travel agency you you could uh, buy from. Wow. That's just so much corruption, man. It's ridiculous. After a, while, after a while, I was really not into that. I forgot about the actual game. <laughs> it, was like, it, could be, it could be in a Scorsese mafia movie, man. Like Casino. Yeah, you, just, you got these dudes, yeah, in the back room just counting money. <clears throat> there was a <clears throat> a kid, Marcelo Flores, 
don't know if you've heard of him, but uh, he was born in Canada, but his dad is Mexican, and he's eligible to play for Canada, Mexico, and England because he plays for Arsenal. So we have like a three-way battle. Wait, but has he been in... I mean, just because he's in England doesn't mean he's eligible for England. Like, he would have to have English citizenship or, or his mom or what? what? He's, uh, I think it's because or, he's been he there been for there so long. long. Yeah. He's all. Yeah, because I could see him getting, like, the, you know, so he won't count as a foreigner getting, getting citizenship. Um, I don't know how hard that is, though. Because, I mean, before you could get, e, like, an EU passport, and uh, he was, like, Mexican, like, through his dad, maybe you could apply for, like, Spanish. Uh, but England, I know it's always been a bit more difficult. Yeah, it says he's eligible to represent Canada, England, and Mexico. He was called up to the England under-16 side in 2019, but decided to join up with Mexico oh. under-16 in that same year playing every game at the Montiago tournament. Yeah, I haven't heard of this guy. Interesting. Um, in 2020... Are you just to talk about Chivas again, Jaime? No. Are you, are you just in, crapping for talent? In 2020, Flores accepted a call-up to Canada camp that would take place in January, but then he pulled out to remain with Arsenal. And he was on the provisional 60-man squad list for the Gold Cup with Canada. So huh. we need to changed get back on mind. that. I wonder what changed his mind. <laughs> Ricardo says, Marcelo Flores is wider than Alexis Lalas. And that guy is wider <laughs> than glue. His mom, his mom's probably <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts before we wrap up tonight's episode? Nah, just that. If anyone's interested in, in all of this madre, I was talking about how, how they were stealing money through the football. There's a really good book from David Yallop. It's called How They Stole the Game. Um, I don't know if you can find it on PDF. But you could probably order it. Wow, it's, it's just crazy. Is is this guy uh, David Yallop? He's a he's an investigative journalist, and this guy was tracking all that stuff since way before FIFA game. He was like ten, maybe twenty years ahead of the game of of just uh, tracking, keeping track of all that stuff, going all the way back to Joao Avalanche, because he's the Brazilian guy that ended up becoming the FIFA president for a huh. long time. And and he was like the one that figured out how to game the system, you know. He he figured out how the whole thing worked and he he rigged it, man. And it's it's still today's, you know, some consequences when you start seeing all the all of this madre that's been you know, how we had some presidents being moved and removed or or fans going and throwing money because it became, it just became so corrupt. And it even talks like going back to how that dude started like in Brazil because he was, you know, he was he was Brazilian and going back to when Brazil was had a dictatorship, you know. Wow. It's, it's, it's pretty good read. 
gets boring sometimes, but it's it's overall it's it's good if you like that sort of stuff. It's definitely interesting, man. Good plug there. I'm gonna check it out, see if I can find it in the library or something. Yeah, that's that's even a good idea too. You don't need to buy it, just go to the library. Uh Joe now we wanna know thoughts on the Kellini horse collar. Uh I don't know if you've seen that that photo or that meme going around where like he's yanking this the English player. Kinda like when you get scolded by your mom and they yank you, you know? I missed it, man. Uh, I missed it. I mean you saw it though. I did. I mean, again, I like the way the referee handled that match. He just let it free flow. And sometimes when you do that, yeah, you do miss some calls like that. That could have been a penalty or a free kick or whatever. But I'm all for the free-flowing game, letting the game go and just, you know. As long as you can keep the players under control, you know. If you're going to be kicking ankles and, you know, breaking knees from the first minute, then you got to set the tone and you got to discipline the players or else you let it, you let it go out of control. And then all of a sudden you start fist fighting and, you know, so you just got to know your, the region you're in and the temperament of the team. But, uh, but yeah, want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. We were definitely lively on the, on the chat today. Thank you guys for, your ongoing support. Mako will play on Wednesday. So if you're interested in that, watching them in the Gold Cup, make sure to tune in. And as for Cantina MX, uh, we will be signing off for tonight. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. And also uh, check out the photos that I took uh, soccer soccerchronicle.com. We have all the, all the images from the Nations League from the friendlies. I, I mean, you should have taken pictures of the fight, you know, like the the, the Atlas America fight in the parking lot. <laughs> I know. Submit him to Fuscan Wild. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a pretty good photo, and it's in the album there uh, of this guy. He was trying to find his his compadres, and he's stamping standing on top of his truck. And he's got his little modelo, and he's just like raising it up in the that air. Time. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I took some pretty good photos, but uh, that was definitely one of my favorites, one of the of the night. But uh, yeah, all right, guys. Hope you have a great night. Stay safe out there, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>